0: Hello and welcome to Not Another Election, our friendly neighbourhood podcast where we dissect this 2019 UK election. Um, My name is Jason, I am not your usual host as Simon the producer, who unfortunately is not able to join us this week, but I am joined by three of our lovely co-hosts. Let's just go around the room. Do you want to introduce yourself, man on my right? Man on my right, hello, I'm Tom.
1: Hi, I'm George. And to George's
0: right, it's Sam. Great, and we are all in our kitchen uh, down here in south London this week. Hopefully you'll all be able to hear us loud and clear. Um, if you've not listened to Not Another Election before, we don't claim to know any more than you do. Um, we're just a bunch of um, regular voters, but not myself. I can't vote in this election due to
2: lack of British citizenship. If anything, we don't really claim to know anything. Never mind anything more than anyone else. Well, we're quite. very happy saying we know nothing. And certainly not about this election. Absolutely not, no. But
0: we're happy to chat about it anyway. Yes. Um, So as I can't vote, um, I will be trying to play a neutrally hosty role this week, but obviously chipping in where I want to. The point of this podcast was to try collectively by chatting through it, figure out who you're all going to vote for. And so my first question is, Sam, do you know who you're voting for?
1: I'm I'm eating a Jaffa cake at the moment. (laughs) (laughs) Poor, Poor timing. Bad timing, Jay. Read the room. Um,
2: Simon would no. have never done that.
1: Yeah. yeah, where's our old host? Got sick of this podcast. Yeah. Um, nope, don't know who I'm voting for yet.
0: Ooh, you're
3: cutting That's in
0: cool. fine. Love that. George, do you know who you're voting for?
3: Right. Well, I think I've been on a bit of a journey.
2: <laughs> Here we go. That's, good. Strap That's in. good. We've been on it with you. <laughs> so, starting
3: off, I was like, can't vote Labour can't vote Conservative, I'll just vote Lib Dem. Right. Then it turned out, I didn't feel that keen about just completely forgetting the previous election altogether. 2017, you were taken back to it in your mind. Well, the previous referendum, I should say. Ooh, all right. Um, And then, I kind of started toying with the idea of going back to the Labour Party, and now I think I'm just going to spoil my ballot paper.
0: Oh,
3: oh okay. I think that's I'm almost like 90%, yeah, 90% sure that's what I'm going to do.
0: Okay, we'll find out a little bit later. You can explain the reasons why. But before you, Tom, do you know who you're going to vote for?
2: Uh, you sound I, awesome I, about it, to be fair. I was sure. I was sure. I, I decided I was feeling engaged. I was feeling enthusiastic. I was like, do you know what? Yes. I can get behind this party. And now I'm doubting whether I can do that. I'm wobbling. So, okay, so what what, in you, what, what what are you wobbling about? I'm wobbling, interestingly, not because of the party, but because of the situation in my constituency mm-hmm. and the effect that voting for that party could have. So I've been, as we discussed in a previous episode, I've started to think tactically, which I wasn't expecting to do, but a couple of issues have you know come up which have made me think tactically which is causing me to wobble boys this is turning out to be an exciting episode you've all teased
0: um what we've what we've
2: yeah in summary
0: we're not still not sure and we're only three Mm. days
2: away i like the fact one way of looking at it is we've teased an exciting episode another way of looking at it is the past three weeks have been totally pointless and we still don't know what we're going to do okay so i feel like let's go through it systematically one by one um
0: you know Talk us through your journey and how you are, where you're at. And maybe, Sam, have you finished your Jaffa Cake? Do you want to start us <laughs> off? Or George has already teased an exciting story for us, so maybe we'll start with George.
1: Paul, who, who do you want?
0: <laughs> you're the host.
2: I'll tell you what, Sam, you have, a, you have another Jaffa Cake. We'll let George I'll go, go first. Okay, go I'll, no, have a jeff- I'll join okay. you. I'll George. have a Jaffa Cake too. Other orange-based chocolatey snacks are available.
3: <laughs> um, so I think the main reasoning that I've that has made me arrive at the decision that I have is that my constituency in Epsom and Ewell is a, is a Tory stronghold and a vote kind of either way both for the Labour Party or the Liberal Democrats isn't really going to have a massive amount of purchase on mm-hmm. the outcome um and therefore I, f- I feel that as I'm not happy with any of the options on offer and I can't really bring myself to vote for any of them. I think the best thing to do is spoil my ballot paper and at least show that I'm cognizant of the, the facts and the choices that are out there. But that I'm that I'm kind of denoting that via. Yeah. I'm not quite sure how spoiling the ballot is going to work. <laughs> no, no, no. How does, one, so, does so, one
1: spoil a ballot? Basically, rub 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 your Jaffa cakes
0: all over it. <laughs> as far as i understand it in order for it to be a valid vote yeah. you have to clearly indicate on the ballot paper who you're intending to vote for and obviously it says at the top that you have to mark an x next yeah. to that
1: person mm-hmm. like a treasure map
0: right yeah. um, but actually in fact if um if there's other ways that you wanted to know to, if you circled one candidate that would still count because mm. you're still clearly indicating you want yeah. to indicate not, that not person if, was a if you crossed out all but one candidate it would still count so forth and so forth and what right. I'm not. So uh, by do you the way. really,
3: really know the way around this. Yeah.
0: Uh, I did read uh, <laughs> a Guardian article. <laughs> I'm, glad, I'm glad one of us has.
2: Yeah, it's just. It was so a quiz, it, actually. Could you be a returning mean, officer? Does this mean that you can get creative with how you spoil it? Send a little
3: little message. Yes, Tom, I can. I don't know what you want me to do with it. Well,
0: I mean, you can do whatever you like. So, just a question, though, because I don't actually know the answer to this. Do they count the number of spoiled ballots, and do they advertise that number? They
3: do. Yeah, they say the amount who abstained.
0: Mm -hmm. And and you think by doing that, George, you would send a message that you're one of those people who are engaged in the sense that you want to participate in the electoral process because you've showed up, but you're disengaged in the fact that you can't bring yourself to vote for any of the parties on offer
2: Yeah,
3: I think they call it politically homeless, and Mm. I actually think and I haven't ever seen any stats on this, but I would be I wouldn't be surprised if this election there was the highest amount of votes that have been abstained so I think people are very aware of what's going on in the political process at the moment and, you know the political tensions have never been higher in this country, so I think there's a lot of people engaged, I think as the as politics is really polarised and people have gone to the extremes on all sides of the debate I think there's a lot of people that are currently in the predicament I find myself in and will abstain
0: and that must be quite a tough decision for you because as far as I'm aware you've um, in the past had quite strong affiliation or felt quite strongly towards one party so to now choose not to vote for them that must have been quite a harrowing decision for you
3: yeah, I wouldn't quite say harrowing, um, but it's... it's <laughs> He's bricking it. <laughs> um, but yeah, I think it's it's a shame because it's one of those things where I've always been really into politics and, and follow it on a day-to-day basis. And actually, as the election started and it's been really ramping up, I found myself getting more and more just frustrated and disillusioned by it all even though we're doing this podcast and we're talking about it I I used to be much more engaged and inclined to want to read up about things Mm -hmm. um but as this process has gone on and I've realized that kind of the both parties that are really in contention are really just doubling down on their message um it's turning me off even more and I really wish I could have more agency on the on the process and I guess the other problem is One about the constitution and yeah we won't get into that now but it's a shame that i can't really have any effect about the effect of the overall process because chris grading has such a firm grip on epsom and yule yeah
0: so you yeah so you are you don't think your vote would make a difference even if you did vote and you're not willing to put
3: that vote in any way because you don't strongly Mm -hmm. feel about any of the i think that it'd be interesting if if I was living in a constituency where I had the same conundrum that you guys have, where it's, it's a very small line between Conservative and Labour, and if I felt that my vote could really have an effect, maybe I could just about stomach voting for the Labour Party. But actually, I think, given all of the things in consideration in my location that I'm going to be voting in, I think the best thing to do is abstain and actually just signify that I'm not happy with what's on offer. Fair
0: enough. Well, there you've had it. That's George's opinion, and um, let's move on. Sam, you've had some time to think about. It. You've had some time to finish your jaffa cake mm. <laughs> and talk us through mm. your mental state in relation to this election.
1: Oh, okay, good. I'm glad glad you added in relation to this into this to this election. Yeah, you, we, you, you we don't, all night. You, you don't want to know my mental state. Um, oh. So I think I heard a term the other day. It was, it was like. Um, to describe someone in the U.S. who has grown up in a household with a Republican parent and a Democrat, Demo, a democratic parent, mm-hmm. um, and they call them like red dogs with blue collars or something similar. So I thought, well, maybe I could be the sort of blue dog with a with a yellow collar or a blue dog with a red collar. And for the listeners, what what I'm getting at is based on my view of, of how I like an economy to be run. I'm a free market capitalist and not ashamed to say so. Um, I believe in entrepreneurship. I believe in, in enterprise. I believe the best way someone can feel empowered and in control of their lives and all of those great things is to is to enjoy what they do for a living and and to yeah thrive. So. On that stance, i definitely say that I would, I would be leaning towards the Conservatives. Mm-hmm. However, going back to my analogy of, of a blue dog, the Conservatives, wearing a red or a yellow collar, I definitely align with the Lib Dems and Labour when it comes to social policy. Mm-hmm. Um, but the problem with that is, so I definitely can't vote for Labour because I just fundamentally disagree with their economic policy.
0: So obviously in the, in, we've talked a lot about nationalisation and big spending, high taxation, yeah. and the presumably
2: back. their approach to Brexit co- comes into that as well.
1: To be honest, like the approach to Brexit, like I I've, I don't have a massive problem with Labour's approach to Brexit. I mean, I think it I don't I think it's nonsensical, but but you know at least they're not doing what the Lib Dems want to do, and this is now the reason why I have probably struggled to vote for the Lib Dems, which is. To almost have the arrogance to just say well if we did get a majority which i understand is never going to happen we would just reverse brexit mm. so on on principle i can't get behind the labor party because of their economic policy in principle i can't get behind the lib dems because of their um, in my opinion arrogance towards the brexit vote and that's coming from someone that voted remain but i'm very close to a lot of people that voted leave and part of the reason why they voted to leave was because they didn't feel like politicians were listening to them, so I don't feel like voting for a party like the Lib Dems, who would just reverse it if if uh, if given the given the chance, is a sensible thing for me to do. But now to wrap up, I also don't really want to vote for the Conservatives. So when you ask me how am I going to vote,
3: I just don't know.
0: Mm. What's, um, what's but your but I hope hopefully to
3: vote for the Conservative Party. Sorry, what's 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 your hesitancy? In voting for the Conservative Party at the moment, I'm hmm. not.
1: <laughs> you're, looking at, you're looking at me. No, I think I think it goes back to uh, something I said in the last election, which is like, I just find it weird that the Conservatives are, uh, in many respects, I should be really happy that they're t- they're trying to take the fight to Labour on things like the NHS. Mm. But I just, to be honest, I just do not. Tr- I just don't trust. Um, I just don't trust. Public services really under under the stewardship of of the Conservatives, and not because I not because I think that they necessarily don't care about people. I just think they have different priorities, and and that's where my hesitation is is sort of born out of.
2: Well, some news, some I'm sure you're very much aware of this, but in our constituency, which is Battersea. Your options outside of Conservative, Labour, and Lib Dem are the Brexit Party and the Green Party. Should you decide to put your vote elsewhere, are you considering doing the same as George and spoiling the ballot? I, I won't. I won't spoil my ballot, and
1: and the only reason for that is. Well, I don't really have a reason. <laughs> I just, I just never thought of uh, insight. I've just, I've you just. Feel like you, want,
2: you feel like you want, well, your vote to, you yeah, want I to
1: want it. I want to sling it somewhere. Yeah, um, <laughs> you want
2: to. Now you're flying to the Mars.
1: But I won't. I, I, I just, I don't feel like voting for the Green Party is, is really, worth my vote. Like, I mean, yeah, it's obviously who could disagree with what the Green Party wants to do. Yeah, but it just sort of opens the door to either Labour Party or, or the Conservative Party so I feel like what I need to do is stop stop sitting on the fence and just sling myself one way or, or the other yeah. um, and I'm sure this, this I'm sure listening back through these these podcasts and, and re-listening to this fantastic podcast we're recording at the moment <laughs> I, I think I think come no, to, I come come the end I reckon I'll have
2: an answer fortunately for you Trav episode 3 was an election manifesto toolkit listen to that you'll be fine <laughs> Yeah. I think he was in it. <laughs> well he was, yeah, I know.
3: That's what I'm saying. Have saying. Oh, yeah. have another listen. I, I made a
1: right. recap.
0: Yeah. This doesn't bode well for this podcast that the participants
1: it hasn't helped the participants so far, but <laughs> No, but our thought process may well resonate with some people yeah. yes. that are equally as baffled
2: and politically homeless as us. Yes. That's interesting. Very true.
1: Okay, so
0: three days out, Sam's not sure. At this late hour, what do you think could convince you either way? Like, would someone have to say something that you haven't heard before, or would someone have to make go out and make some sort of gesture
3: or like what what could convince you? I think I'm I, I think I'm a bit one of the things that I'm a bit confused with is like, so Sam, you're torn between the Labour Party and the Conservative Party? The Conservative Party and Nova,
1: no not I, voting? no, I, I'm I if I'm being honest, I'm torn between the Lib Dems and and the conservatives I will not I just will not vote for Labour I
3: thought that would be the Um,
1: answer and and the reason for that is because last election I feel like I stupidly did vote for Labour I think I was one of those that found myself swept up in the in the Corbyn frenzy of you know things could be done differently and then when they didn't win the election when there was a hung a hung parliament and we were then faced with you know members of the shadow cabinet then saying oh yeah well we could have never we could have never have met the pledge to get rid of student fees in the first place and, and then all of the stuff with anti-semitism and then their complete like shambolic approach to trying to square the circle which is brexit like oh and then like i said just the whole economic agenda is just uh, atrocious
0: Fair enough. all right so so what would what would swing you either way in terms of lib dem or conservatives then? i
1: think if the lib dems sort of just i feel like the, the the coffin probably is the the nail probably is in the coffin when it comes to the lib dems for me for two reasons number one i do just i do just find their approach to to brexit and the way they talk about brexit to be sort of just very um patronizing towards people that that did want it um and then the second reason is, well, they just will not run a majority. And by voting for them, we just probably increase the chance of a Labour government. So, yeah, talking it through, you just I, yeah, I think talking it through, I probably will be putting a little cross next to a blue box. But I mean You're, I don't know. you're a blue dog with a blue collar. <laughs> <laughs> mm. <laughs> I do not like these I do not, I do not like the label I've maybe given, given actually no I love the idea of a blue dog with a red collar or yeah, a yellow collar nice. yeah
0: he, every yeah. once in a while he strays away yeah. from his path well, maybe I
1: could
2: be a yellow distracted. maybe I could be a yellow dog with a blue collar no so traditional the dog's bigger than the collar mm. so I think I think mm. you're a blue dog I think you're Travers the the big blue dog But like Spot wasn't there that that like was Clifford it was Clifford the big red dog <laughs> no, he's... right oh. I think
0: we are <laughs>
1: Cor- Coming towards
0: the Clifford. end of what that Clifford metaphor Corbyn. has to give. Yeah.
1: Yeah.
0: <laughs> right, Tom. In fact, you're voting twice because you also have to do proxy vote, doing a proxy vote. I'm very housemate.
2: excited I'm doing a proxy vote on behalf of our housemate, yeah, which I've never done before. So, very big exciting. responsibility.
0: Make sure you remember which vote is which.
2: Yeah, no, I know exactly what I'm doing on that ballot paper. Lovely. That's been made abundantly clear to me. <laughs> At what the I'm fear. not sure about is what I'm doing on my own ballot paper. Yeah. Um talk us through your um emotional and you know
0: your emotional state of mind.
2: So I think George said a minute ago and when he said I was he thought I was enthusiastic and I was. Rewind 2 weeks, I was I was pretty set. I'm not going to lie, I was pretty set. I, I, as a, as I've mentioned before, in a voting sense I'm I'm a floater. Um, so I went into this whole election campaign with a relatively open mind, right? I was like I'm ready to be Convinced. I'm gonna engage. Flushed. I'm gonna, yes, quite. <laughs> I'm a floater that's ready to be flushed. And um, <laughs> so I went in with an open mind. I was ready to read. I was ready to listen. I was ready to, you know, engage with um, with the election campaign. And I feel like I have done that. But and I was pretty set on Lib Dem. I'm not gonna lie. Pretty set. I feel like the party that kind of their principles align most with my own. Um, I am happy with their approach to brexit um, um in the sense that they've said if they get a majority they'll cancel it the way i view that is if they're being very open and honest about saying that and then the majority of the com- country votes for them based on that promise that is a a kind of enough of a democratic process for me to to warrant them doing it obviously that's very unlikely to happen i think if they, they've they also then said if they're in a, some sort of minority government they will push for a people's vote which for me is what I think um, would be my preferred option going forward for Brexit so I was all set for Lib Dem kind of agree with the majority of the rest of their policies no one in the party seems to be poli- particularly hateful so <laughs> that's kind of the best you can hope for these days um, Fair point. no one seems to be drastically incompetent Um, so I was kind of pretty set I was pretty set however here we go the apple Apple car has been rattled by the flipping conservatives that's what's happened Mm. who have been sending out letters because our our constituency battersea I should say last election in 2017 Labour won from conservative with a 4% majority so it is a tight constituency Mm. between Labour and conservative Lib Dems are absolutely nowhere So the apple cart was rattled by the Conservative Party who were sending out leaflets in our constituency telling people to tactically vote for Lib Dem to make sure the Tories stay in power because they view it as voting for Lib Dem will mean votes moving away from Labour which means that they will be able to then take over So the, the Tory was leaflet was co-
0: trying to tell you if you're not going to vote for us vote for Lib Dem
2: instead Correct Yes And you mm. thought And I thought right well that's a problem <laughs> I mean it had already been in the back of my mind that by voting for Lib Dem I was voting for a party that would not win my constituency mm. That was already in the back of my mind similar to what George was saying earlier But I was willing to kind of deal with that because I feel like you know I put my vote where I feel it you know, where I feel, you know, my principles align and where I believe I should put it. But then this made me really rethink it because it has made me think if my overall aim is to avoid a Conservative government, which I would say that it is, then in my constituency, it makes more sense to vote for Labour to help ensure that they retain the seat. And do you think that's your decision then? I'm kind of reluctantly thinking... probably has to be so what's really interesting here is
0: so we've actually got three fair not similar sort of um mindsets in the sense that you approach it from different angles you all really struggle with this election clearly none of you are happy in your voting decision really but you've actually all come to three quite different conclusions in that sam is thinking he's probably going to work conservatives tom is probably going to work labor mostly for tactical reasons and george is probably going to spoil his banner paper. Um, so what is it about this election that has not enthused you? Because none of you seem very enthusiastic about your voting decision.
1: I wish, I wish so much that Brexit was not part of this election. Because then, for me, oh, I just it would, it would just be... A, I think everything would just be completely different.
3: Um, yeah, like, I think when you read through the different manifestos and you look at the promises, if you if you look at the Liberal Democrat manifesto, to be honest, there's, there's not too many controversial promises or pledges in there. If you look at the Tory manifesto, okay, like, there's a lot of stuff that just runs with the conventional grain of thought, but actually there's one policy in there which is going to fundamentally change this country, which is the Brexit proposition. Mm-hmm. And then you look at the Labour Party manifesto and it is just littered with these massive promises and these massive commitments and radical changes radical changes to the country so which you could see
0: both as a positive or or negative yeah exactly but i think
3: which i and i also think
1: would be far more transformative depending on how you look at it positive or negative on the country than than probably any form of of brexit
3: yeah, so it's it's interesting that the, the Tories are framing this as, oh right, well you vote for you you vote for um, Labour, you'll have Corbyn in Number Ten by Christmas, the country will be in catastrophe, but you know blah blah. Whereas actually, the, their own modelling and their own assessment of the economic impact around Brexit is to make the country economically worse off. So it's absolutely incredible that we're living in a time where we've got a government that's going to come into power probably on Thursday or Friday and they're going to be pursuing a position which is going to make the country poorer and the people are actually going to be voting for that wow. um, and the alternative, albeit radical, is going to be seen as a, is, is seen by people as something that's going to make us poorer yeah. and as, as the worst option to Brexit.
2: I think for me the this has been the first election where I've really been frustrated, again without wishing to go too deep into the constitution and everything else, where I've been frustrated with the voting system. That we do have mm. because all well me and george have both said that one of our key considerations when looking where we're going to vote is for our constituency what is the likely outcome and because of the system that we have there are many hundreds of constituencies up and down england scotland wales northern ireland where if someone has a safe seat and a safe majority and realistically that's not going to change then there will be a lot of people feeling pretty disillusioned and thinking well what's the point in voting do you know what you should do Tom yeah you should vote for the Brexit party ah yeah (laughs) I have yeah no (laughs) well we thought about it (laughs) i've I've thought about it just then that's the only time in this past month where i've actually thought about it and it's still a no um but yeah so for me that's the frustration like i i understand Brexit being a big issue I, i i like the fact that there has been a relative amount of emphasis placed on other issues i like the fact that especially you know all parties have come out with they've just had one policy around brexit and there's been a lot of other issues that have been discussed but i think yeah for me the the frustration with the the voting system has kind of come to the fore more than it has done in the past whereas if we had a different uh voting system like proportional representation i would have no qualms whatsoever in giving uh lib dem my vote because i knew then it would make a difference and it would increase the proportion of votes that they had so yeah that's for me has been my frustration i
3: think it's worth saying that the um the reason i mentioned the brexit party in a somewhat facetious way to use on was that one of their pledges actually is a, something that seems quite sensible to come from a party like the Brexit Party, but it's it's looking at voting reform and looking to um, provide voting mechanisms that are going to be allow um,
2: constituencies yeah. to be more representative. I have a feeling the Greens have maybe pledged that as well. I feel like the Greens want to go to proportional representation, but you know, as Trav rightly said, there's there's, there's not much in the Green manifesto you can disagree with. It's just
0: Yeah, so I think I made um, this point earlier in a private conversation, but I'll repeat it here on air, um, is that actually, if you look at these manifestos from a neutral point of view, um, you could argue it's actually quite an exciting election period in the sense that you are faced with radically different options. Um, And at some elections in the the recent history of the UK, um, sometimes it may have seemed as though, especially the two centrist parties, weren't actually that different from each other. Um, If you were looking at a fairly centrist conservative party or a fairly centrist labor party then actually there's just minor differences and you have maybe have, may have had voter apathy because you know they weren't that different whereas now you're clearly faced with very very different options but because that's been compounded by brexit that then creates so many different layers of voting and if you then add in local realities like thomas here in fantasy um, you're then forced into voting decisions that actually you're not taking a face value of what those potentially exciting manifestos offer, um, which is all a shame and, and leads back to this point about um, obviously the voting system we do have um, where it forces you to make those binary decisions based on actually
1: non-binary issues. Can I, I, I'm actually going to disagree with you, Jason. Um, Rude. <laughs> you can't think like, the host. Not I, the podcast. I, think, I, think, I think the major parties, apart from Labour, are actually quite Center ground in if you look at the manifestos, so the conservative manifesto isn 't particularly right wing I mean they're pledging like record level spending on the NHS increasing um, funding for schools etc um, etc
3: et fifty thousand new
1: Ner- yeah nurses teachers wow. police 90, officers plus. um I remember Lib Dems, nothing extreme, all very centre ground, all very sensible. Then, when you look at the Labour Party manifesto, that's when things starts. That's when things start going mm. going off in, in in directions. The only thing that you could argue, and I would and I would challenge anyone that thinks that thinks this. The only thing that you could argue that is right wing about the Conservative Party at the moment, really, is is Brexit. But then even that, you can't pin, really, Brexit down to a particular side on the spectrum. Well, I mean, predominantly conservative, um, older, conservative-minded individuals voted for Brexit, but then equally th- hundreds of thousands, if I don't know the numbers, potentially millions of of individuals across, you know, like Labour heartlands, voted
3: for, for Brexit also. There are a couple of right-wing bits in there. Um economically speaking and actually the ones that were in there previously were stripped out we've discussed before in the in the podcast about um rowing back on court on cuts corporation tax i think Mm -hmm. it was probably a calculation in Mm -hmm. in the Tories' minds that they would try and position themselves as a sensible party economically Mm -hmm. and uh they're not going to pull up any trees with the rest of their policy Mm -hmm. apart from on brexit where people feel that they've got a real Mm. you know they've got real vested interests because of their previous vote three years back fiscally
0: and responsible but still recognising that the country is hungry for investment into public yeah. services
1: and I think that's where really like the only thing extreme about the manifestos I would say is probably the Labour Party's manifesto I think everything else is rather sensible and then it just comes down to the point around Brexit but I don't. I don't actually think if you compare if you compare this election to other ones that it's like one of extremes. Well, not necessarily extreme, but some
0: exciting manifesto ideas, and I think that was the tra- point I was trying to make. Um, was that actually across the board you had interesting like, new ideas whether that's you know this the skills packet um the skills funding that Lib Dems were promising I thought was an interesting idea um Labour obviously had some um lots of <laughs> um fairly well new or more radical ideas about really changing the country the conservatives you're right obviously um not straying from their current path too much but, but basically saying we've um reach the end of austerity and we're going to start reinvesting into our public services, which is obviously sorely needed. Um, and then Brexit party obviously offering a ve- um, very radically different approach to our democracy. Um, the Greens focusing on one of the biggest issue of our time. So I think with each of those parties, they they have th- bits mm-hmm. in their manifesto that you mm-hmm. could have got excited about um, individually if you then didn't have to also consider Brexit yeah. or having to vote tactically, I think that was the point I was trying to make. Uh, but yeah, fair enough, maybe not as actually radically different except for the Labour Party as maybe I was making up for it to be. But to wrap up these exciting campaign weeks, we thought we'd recap by going through our favorite moment of this election campaign, 2019. Sam, what
1: has been your highlight? Uh, well, I've got, I've, got, I've got a trifecta. <laughs> I've got the trifecta of Boris Johnson moments which really tickled me nice number one he's talking about the day where we find out who's Prime Minister he's like do you want a nightmare on Downing Street Friday the 13th which it it is I I was like okay fair enough I was like thank you for thank you for making me aware that it's Friday the 13th when we find out Um, next one (laughs) gonna be Carbon neutral by 2050, Corbyn neutral by Christmas. Yeah, that is a classic. That 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 was genius. That is a classic. Number three, journalist asks him, "What are you getting your girlfriend Carrie Simmons for Christmas?" His response: "I'm getting Brexit done." (laughs) (laughs) Never want Uh, to stray from his campaign promises. And and you know I just thought, fair play. Yeah,
0: fair play. (laughs) Yeah, done well (laughs) there. All right, George, can you top that? What were your highlights?
3: Well, I think one of my highlights has come from today, actually, because I actually couldn't believe what I was seeing. Um, and I don't know if you guys have seen this, but um, Boris has been interviewed by an uh, uh, ICV journalist who said... Oh, yeah. Gave him his phone and said, um, you know, this is a scene from a, an NHS hospital on the weekend. This is a patient waiting in the, in the the uh, on the floor, waiting for four hours. The guy's showing him his phone, and then... About um about twenty seconds later he's just like, Mr. Johnson, Prime Minister you've taken my phone from me <laughs> and put it in your pocket. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, in what world are we living that the Prime Minister's nicked his phone and put it in his pocket? Like did,
1: was it I've not i not seen the video, but did was he, it was, was it deliberate was it an accident? He took uh, it off
3: him and put it in his pocket. <laughs> How is someone else's phone ending up in his pocket? Did you give it back? I think the journalist
0: repeatedly asked him about this picture Boris Johnson refused to look at it on his phone. So he got so annoyed that he just grabbed it and put it in his <laughs> pocket. Um, in which case, the donors <laughs> just pointed out, are you just refusing to look at this picture then? Wow. And then Boris Johnson kind of sheepishly gave it back, looked at the photo, apologised. But by that point, obviously, the damage was done. Damage well, is well. done.
2: That is funny.
0: Well, it's well, funny. Obviously, a, a shocking moment, obviously, yeah. what, what happened there in that course, uh, NHS yeah, waiting room. Um, but, you know, I think it tells you a lot about this sort of prime minister we're dealing with. Thief
3: yeah,
2: <laughs> yeah.
0: <laughs> bloody thief. dirty thief. thief. Tom, what was your favourite moment?
2: Ah, uh, I think my favourite moment came from the uh, question time special a few weeks ago, mm-hmm. where each of the leaders was quizzed by a studio audience uh, in turn. There was one uh, young lady who had a question for the Lib Dem leader Joe Swinson, and I love this question because she did what any one of us would have done in that situation of going on Question Time and asking a TV uh, asking a question on national TV which was she made a claim but love that. she had nothing to back up said claim which I we can get on board with oh yeah we, her we, question we love to, to Joe Swinson was she said um, as a student we have been uh, kind of hit hard and lied to by the Lib Dems previously mm. r- referring to the Lib Dems previous promise to not increased tuition fees. Um, How do we know that we can trust? There's been a lot of things said. So there's been a lot of things said. How can we trust that... How can we believe you this time? How can we trust that you'll stick to your word? At which point Fiona Bruce intervened and said, "Um, just to clarify, when you say there's a lot of things have been said, what are you referring to in particular? Um, At which point the young lady um, kind of stumbled and went, uh, um, uh, there's just been... Just a lot of things. Uh, she was Just, just sure. lots of things. Mm. So I like that because she stuck her neck out, made a claim, and had nothing to back it up with. Should have invited yeah. her on the podcast. She Honestly, like the I would love fan. her to come on the podcast. <laughs> Sometimes you've got to wind your neck out. You've just got to put yourself out there. That was my highlight.
0: Very good. I think my highlight, um, and this always happens obviously during election season, is that some ghosts of Christmas past get uh, dredged up. And I never thought I'd see her face again and there she was Jennifer Curry oh, was back w- on our <laughs> screens
3: you <laughs> thought he loved Jennifer he loved, he loved, he loved Jennifer love
1: he, wants, he wants to go, he wants to go on her pole I just by the way holes. for people listening don't know what I mean there she has a she has a a a a, a, <laughs> yeah. a dancing yeah. pole oh, yeah. in her flat which is also her office Um, so you could go over there for business reasons and go on the pole
0: business <laughs> and pleasure yes yeah. pleasure well, there you are. I, I never thought I'd have to see the day. There she was, suddenly Monday morning, back on our screens.
3: I'm sorry. What, what sort of recommendation is that to the to the listener?
2: <laughs> I'm not suggesting the listener need, goes to if Jennifer O'Curry's house room with a poll, Jennifer O'Curry will sort you out. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's yeah. move on. Look, she's a respectable business person. Come on, Jay. Drag
0: us out the reeds here. Yeah. Come on, host. Um... We also introduced the segment last episode, which uh, which has uh, seen a huge popularity. Um, so we're we'll bringing back um, the winner and the loser, not off the week this time, but off this election campaign. And George, I think you have a candidate. Who do you think? What has been your most recent winner?
3: So, I would, I would never normally say this, and I've always been a bit of a, a cynic about this person's background and their integrity as a journalist and as a presenter but i think andrew Neil has come out of this election campaign probably better than anyone else <laughs> and i would say he's probably yeah the, the biggest fair. winner um he he's famously on the board of the spectator which is a conservative leaning publication but he's obviously a, a very prominent bbc um political front man as well and his interview campaigns with each of the leaders i think have been Sort of, they were very probing and seemed to really kind of get them to think on their feet and tested them as much as possible and that kind of monologue he did about Boris the other day as well where he really took Mm -hmm. him to task on not coming for an interview with him I think he's done I'd I'd say he's done the best out of everyone and Mm -hmm. he's albeit not a political candidate he is a he is a winner out of this process
0: Absolutely. Do you guys have any other personalities that you think stood out for you in this
2: uh, campaign? Um, I've got a loser, I've got a winner. Go on then. Tom. No one, no one particularly. I remember saying, I think in episode one, I was waiting for an individual to come out and really grab my attention and be someone that I feel I could really back and really get behind. And to be perfectly honest, that hasn't happened. So I do have a loser, however. Mm. And my loser of the election campaign is Mr. Jacob Reese Mogg. Mm, he had a terrible start bad start the the very simple no finish very simple argument is where is he it can't have been much more than maybe two months ago that he was reclining (laughs) on the benches of the commons on the the front bench on the front bench of the house of commons he was reclining listening in to one of the pre-election house of commons debates giving it the big you know he was top dog it looked as if everything was heading everything was you know coming up Jacob and ever since he's had he's had one interview where he probably said some things he shouldn't have done and ever since then he's been he's not even to, to quote Malcolm Tucker he's so back bench he's fallen off the bench <laughs> I like that <laughs> he is a like he's, he's nowhere.
0: Yeah. You know, Do we think that was a tactical movement Do we think 100% uh, 100% by, the to- by, the
2: by the Tories? Oh yeah, hundred percent. I think he he ever since he made the his let's say distasteful comments about Grenfell, mm. he's been very much shoved out of the public light. Yeah. And- he is
3: everything that Labour Party voters hate. Yeah. about the Tories, it just everything like. Top hats like double breasted suits in fairness not chance, not, um, not, not, yeah.
1: not just labor voters i mean Our like people. as 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 someone as we've discussed in this yeah. uh, in this um podcast as someone that could very well like see himself um, voting for the conservatives he's everything that I also hate in what the conservatives are stereotyped to be, yeah. mm. because there are a lot of moderate people that could see themselves sitting in a party like that but then when you get individuals that polarise things like Jacob
2: Rees-Mogg
3: yeah do you think he will get a, a return to the front bench if to, if the Tories
2: get a majority I think it might take a bit of time but I can see him I could see he probably could but it, not immediately he, I think it depends how big the
1: majority is if the majority is slim he'll remain in he'll remain on the front bench because he will need to be utilised to keep the European research group under control right? yeah he's,
0: he's clearly one of those people who I don't has think has inf- influence within the party exactly I don't think he's a popular figure outside of, out of Westminster but clearly inside yeah. the party mm-hmm. um, corridors he's uh, he's got influence alright well that was very entertaining thank you so much boys thank you for taking us through this uh, election campaign um, so the final question to be asked I want each of your opinion on your bets on what the outcome is going to be this Thursday night or rather Friday morning when we wake up Friday the 13th what is going to be your prediction of the outcome Sam and-
3: will there be a nightmare on Downing Street <laughs>
1: <laughs> well I placed a bet on I think it was the 23rd of May I think we said uh, when I pulled up my choral app um, that there was going to be a conservative majority at the next general election I stand by that. In the first podca- podcast episode, I reckoned there was going to be a conservative majority. I think you're looking at a 30 to 40 seat majority for the conservatives, and I and I will I will eat my words if if I'm wrong. But that you is will eat you know, your traffic based cake. on based on it's what we need. We need a prediction. I, I just pulled up a list of 10 different polls, and not Jennifer Curie's polls. Um, <laughs> A list of a list of ten Pivot. a list of ten mm. polls and every single one of them puts the Conservatives at between eight to fourteen points ahead. Which, you know, if every single one of the polls is saying that I mean polls have been wrong before, but yeah, yeah I think that's where we're <laughs> heading. They
0: have right. famously been wrong. Fair yeah. enough. Alright, George, what's your prediction?
3: So I think when we started this podcast I was veering on the side of a very slim Tory majority, I'd say around sort of maybe a majority of five or, a, or, or the Tories with the largest share of the vote. I now am more convinced that there'll be a Tory majority, I reckon maybe a slightly more healthy majority of around 10, something like that. I just can't see the Labour Party making enough inroads that will stop the kind of Tory um, the Tory advance it just seems they've got all the momentum at the moment um, and yeah that's that's kind of where I see it I see it going
0: Fair enough but either way it's going to be tight but both of you think a Tory majority Sam slightly
2: higher George slightly lower Tom what is your final word? My my heart says a coalition between Labour and Lib Dem my head says a I I think Tories might just fall short of a majority, so I think another very heavily Tory kind of minority government. Minority government. Yeah, I'm not sure exactly who their coalition partner will be, but I hung, think hung like a 2017 Parliament. There we go. That's that's what <laughs> that I would think be, it'll be so
3: bad. <laughs> And it would mean we'd have to do more of these podcasts, which I just... <laughs> has anyone got the mental strength for that? <laughs> well, thank you very much.
1: Um, as the BBC... Jason, what do you think? Hang on.
0: Whoa,
3: whoa, whoa, whoa. Hang on. Easy, Hang
1: mate. on. What do you think, you mug? My... To, uh, <laughs> Harsh. To
0: mimic Tom's response, uh, my heart would say, I would hope for a Does, Labour S&P, Coalition. So. And what do you think so um, I don't think that's going to happen. I also think, unfortunately, there will be a slight conservative majority. There will be, once again, a stronger position, uh, none of which bodes well for the Brexit process because essentially we'll be in a similar position to what we were in about six months ago. And none of that bodes
2: well for you either, really. Yeah, so say give bye to right.
3: Jason. Um, yeah. Yeah. Right, see you later, mate. Yeah. You can dial into this one from Germany um, <laughs> <for> <laughs> in about, what, a few months' time? Cliff-edged. <laughs> So
0: who knows, we might have another election soon and another series of not <laughs> George is gone, he's George, done, done. Leaving he's the group. well thank you so much <laughs> listeners, thank you for joining us on this journey hopefully all of you have made up your mind of who you're voting for, I think we can all agree I think this is the resounding message from our studio is that even if you're planning to spoil the ballot paper, do go along on Thursday, do rock up to the polling booth and make sure your voice is heard because whatever your message is, is important to put it out there yeah and should,
2: that is so- me it's Foreign interfering in your election. <laughs> Lovely, you'd love to hear it. We will probably do a reaction episode at some stage. We're not gonna make any promises over when that will be. All we can say is it will be at some point after the election. We, I, could, I one, could be in six months time. Once we have adequately recovered from the results. And
1: we are rambling, but he did say studio and we aren't in a studio. We're in our kitchen, which is also kind of our living room.
0: Yeah,
2: let's wrap this up so we can do the washing up. Fantastic, thank you so
0: much. Not another action, out.